Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Nora Roberts is the author of Identity. You've probably heard of her because she is a number one New York Times bestselling author. Nora was born in Silver Spring, Maryland, the youngest of five children, and worked briefly as a legal secretary. She was stuck in a blizzard in February of 1979 and decided to try another creative outlet when snowed in with a three- and six-year-old with no kindergarten respite in sight. She was born into a family of readers and was always making up stories. So she took out a pencil and notebook and began to write down a story. Her first book, Irish Thoroughbred, was published in 1981. She got married in 1985 and has opened a bookstore, traveled the world with her husband, and done amazing things. She has written a bazillion books, and recently the New Yorker called her America's favorite novelist. This is, by the way, the bio on her website. If I count, she has five scrollable pages of books. She's written a lot of books. She's very famous. I'm sure you all know her already. Enjoy my episode with Nora. Welcome, Nora. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your latest book, Identity, and your career, and all the good things. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. 
Nora, I can't get over how many books you've written, how many books you've sold. I don't know how you're keeping this up. I need to know all the secrets. This is just amazing. You're just amazing. You're like a one woman wonder over there. No, well, it's no secret. You just work. <laughs> I work every day, you know, like a regular job, six, eight hours a day. And I have a pretty fast pace. That's just uh, luck of the draw. It's just wiring. I'm disciplined. I love my work. I love being a writer and I work at it a lot. I guess those are the tips. <laughs> oh, that's about it. <laughs> Tell listeners about identity. Well, identity Morgan, the main character, is uh, a bartender uh, and she also works as an office manager. She's very focused and driven. She wants security and she has her little house and she wants to expand it. She So she works really hard. She works two jobs. And someone steals her identity and gets her in tremendous debt by doing that. But I don't want to give too much away, but she ends up having to go where her grandmother and mother live in Vermont. She had to give up her house. She had she lost everything. She has to start over. She's a really good bartender. And when I was writing it, I did a lot of research on bartending. And it's that's a job. It's a lot more than mixing drinks. A yeah. lot more. Uh, so that was really interesting. And she just she has to rebuild her life. She's a really strong woman and finds more strength. And it's also a family thing with three generations of women living in the same house and leaning on each other and learning from each other. And of course there's uh, the romance in there because it's something I do. So she finds, she finds herself and she finds a new start, but the guy who, uh, who stole this identity is also a murderer and he missed her. So he's kind of, you know, the one that got away. So you, you have that, weaving through it that he's sort of determined to take care of her in his yeah. way. I once interviewed Chris Bajelian, the author who said all of his books have a sense of dread in them. Do you feel, because I feel that sense of like, oh no, what if he comes after her? He got the roommate, but it's not like the main prize. So what if? Is that the type of sort of anticipatory tension? Do you try to instill like, or is that just you pick and choose which books to add that into or? Certainly if I'm writing a suspense, you you better have a sense of dread <laughs> or there's no suspense. So yeah, it depends on the the kind of book I'm writing. But for identity, yes, you definitely wanted a sense of dread and what she was fighting against and the trauma she had lived through yeah. and was trying yeah. to recover from. And uh, as I said, she's a very driven person. So she was determined to make this new life. Even, you know, initially she was just, I've lost everything. Yeah. I've lost everything. Everything I worked for, all the money I'd saved, the, the house I worked for, it's all gone. And I have to start again. But she does. And then you've got this crazy guy, you know, who's sort of determined to, he just didn't want to miss one. I mean, it's almost sort of a metaphor for life itself, right? You can get struck yeah. down, you have to rebuild. And yet there's always something out there that you can't control that may or may not come and get you, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Something's going to try to kick you in the ass every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get your identity stolen or anything like that? Or where did this idea come oh, from? Oh, well, thank God. Boy, it can. it's really a horrible. You know, there's so many elements to it. Your bank account and your credit and your bills that you think are paid that aren't and taxes and mortgages. And it's really, really a terrible thing to have to live through and have, have to solve. And you have to pay the lawyer for, you know, because you, you need a lawyer to help you dig out of this. And, you know, she managed to, but she had to sell her house. She had to, she lost everything she had worked for because somebody decided to go after her. What piece of this was the original germ of the idea? Well, yeah, the identity theft, I guess. What would happen if? Yeah. And why would he do it? And where is the dread and suspense going to come from to weave through? Because once that's done, you figure, okay, now she's going to rebuild her life. But that's that's not enough if you're writing a suspense. Right. But the original germ of an idea, if I recall correctly, was, okay, there's this hardworking woman who has this happen to her. What does she do next? How does she she survive this? So why do you write with two names? Like, why did you choose a pseudonym for some of your books? Well, because I I do write fast. Uh, And my publisher at the time suggested it, and I didn't want to do it. My agent suggested it, and I didn't want to do it. The uh, CEO called me up and said, Nora, you need a hobby. I don't want a hobby. I just want to write my books. And so I finally said, if I could write something different, well, I would try it. And so the in death books under Rob are different. I mean, they're set in the near future. She's kind of a dark, difficult woman, a homicide lieutenant. And when it starts in 2058, in New York. And so I could play with that futuristic, not too far in the future, but just enough to play with speculative fiction and and explore this deeply troubled woman who was so such a dedicated police officer. And then you, you know, you have murders all the time. And then work walked across the page and okay, there you go. That's that's pretty perfect. I really only planned it as a trilogy, but <laughs> it it worked, and, and I love writing them. So, so I continue. How long does each book take you to write? As long as it as long as it takes every time. As long as it takes, there is no average. There's no well. This is this book. You know, it's this many pages, so it's going to take me X number. How do you know? How do you know how it's going to flow? How do you know what's going to happen? How do you know if you get sick or you just have a few days where something won't come or you have a few days where it's rolling like crazy? I don't worry about how long it takes. Okay. I mean, why does that matter? What really matters? Is this the best book you could write at this time? That's what matters, not how long it took you. You're absolutely right. I guess I was just trying in my head to think about how is she writing all these books? How long on average must it take her? Like, when does she, I don't know. I'm just- I write four books a year, pretty much regularly four books a year, two Robs, uh, Robert's Standalone and uh, one of the books in a trilogy. 
The others are reissues. I don't write them again. They just reissue them. So it's four books a year, which is a lot. Yeah. But it's not like insane. Okay. And and a lot of people just think I write like 10 books a year. No, I don't. (laughs) I couldn't possibly. I find your your whole story just so inspiring that you were at home with your kids and needed an outlet and correct me this is you know what I've heard so if I'm wrong you know correct me but and so in a blizzard you started writing and then you fell in love with it and now you have 500 million books in print it's staggering that's that's pretty much it yeah and that you took your your deep knowledge of boys and men from your own like family of origin of being the fifth and the only girl and having two sons and being able to write the male character perhaps in a better way than most women (laughs) as a result. I sure, Um, yeah, I sure know guys because I've been (laughs) outnumbered by them my entire life. So Uh, yeah, and I did fall in love. I I always loved to write and I always liked to make up stories, but I just never thought about doing it for a living because I thought everyone made up stories in their heads and I just figured, well, everyone, you know, everyone must do that. And that that blizzard, uh, when you're stuck in the house with two preschoolers for a week and the chocolate supply is dwindling and it's just, it was, you know, it's really hard. I thought I've I've got to do something besides play Candyland, you know, for the 1500th time. And I just started writing in a notebook and it's like, this is so cool. It's so much fun. And so I just kept at it. Amazing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma eating disorders, anything, it might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because Even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72. 
a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. So I feel like you probably have more books in print than most people in the world. What have you learned from that? Like, what do you get from your fans, from the books itself? Like, how does that feel to you? And, and what have you gotten out of it the most? Besides money, a lot of money. <laughs> Besides a lot of money. You know, it's amazing to be able to do something you love every day and make a living at it. And when my kids were little and I was a single parent, I could stay home and make a living. I could stay home. That is a gift. That is, I didn't have to, okay, I've got to go to work. I've got to get childcare. I've got to do this and that. I could stay home and make a living. So I was there for the kids and doing something I loved and making a living. And that that is amazing to me that that I was able to do that, that I... I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. I love to write, and I'm able to do that every day. And even when it's hard, and it's always hard, and it can be incredibly frustrating, but you're sitting there, probably in your pajamas, if most of us are honest, and you're creating something out of your head. Wow, what fun! how much fun is that? And then someone's going to read it. Someone somewhere in the world right this minute is sitting on the jaw and reading one of my books. I guarantee it. <laughs> is that fascinating and wonderful? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very lucky woman. I work hard, but that still, you have to figure there's some luck involved there too. Timing and just right place, right time. And the the readers are incredibly supportive and enthusiastic, and I adore them, and I value them very much. And hopefully they understand that I have to write what I write. I can't write to please Reader Jane, because Reader Mary is saying that that's not what I want to read. So I write what works for me and hope that it works for them. That's a great attitude. And I read that your second marriage was someone came to fix your shelves and then you married him. Oh, yeah, I hired him. Yes, I did. I needed a carpenter. I wanted this doorway turned into a bookshelf. And that's what I initially hired him for, what, 38 years ago? I'm not, I would have to do the math. And he uh, kept finding other things he could do. And I needed those things done. And I ended up marrying him because what is better than having a guy who can fix your toilet on Sunday? (laughs) It's better than marrying a millionaire, right? Someone who can deal with issues as they come up, as as any homeowner knows, and who can fix it. That's amazing. My husband can't do that, but he can cook. And so I feel like that's another Oh, well, I cook, but he does the dishes. Oh. Right? It's, you know, shared shared chores. But yeah, marrying a man who can cook, that's a big one too. It's yeah. a big one. I feel like that was a big win. It's my second husband. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, 
Also remarried. When you're not writing, what do you like to read? Or do you, do you like to read? I'm assuming um, you do. I shouldn't assume. Oh my but. God. You don't like to read. What do you, what, how do you think you're going to I don't be know. I just, I was like, maybe she doesn't. I mean, of course you do, but I don't know. I oh should, I should have phrased it differently. That's all. Yeah. I grew up in a family of readers. Again, very fortunate. Our house was full of books all the time. You read whatever you wanted to read. I never remember anyone, um, either of my parents saying, no, you can't read that. That's not appropriate. You just read. Right now, I'm reading John Sanford's latest, Righteous Prey, and it's wonderful. And I'm so excited because it has Lucas Davenport and Virgil Flowers in the same book. It's like he wrote it just for me. <laughs> I just like to read good books, no specific genre. You know, I will only read in this. I think the book I read before this was Stephen King's Fairy Tales. I love Stephen King. He's the great American colorist. And then I read Other Birds by Sarah Addison oh, yeah. Allen. These are the, she's a treasure. Book. Yeah, that yeah. was beautiful. Those, the, yeah, that's, beyond that, I can't remember. <laughs> but I, oh, I love to read, I love stories. I love TV. I love movies. I, tell me a story in whatever form it comes. I'm the same way. I opened a bookstore recently and I know that you had done oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 odd years ago. Yes. Well, good luck to you. I mean, we need more good bookstores. Thank you. Yeah. I opened it in uh, Santa Monica, California, even though I'm from New York, yeah. but it's fine. Do you have any tips on that owning, starting a bookstore and all of that? I think it's really, really, customer service is everything, everything. I don't run the bookstore. I don't work there. We have the most wonderful staff. Those ladies, they happen to be all female, but they are creative and customer service is key. You call in, they're going to talk to you. They really, they love books and they, they work it. I mean, I think when you work in a bookstore, you should love to read and you should be able to answer questions about books. You're not selling cans of soup. You know, if you're working in a soup store, you should love soup. So you know how to speak to the clients or customers. True. And so what's your next book going to be about? I'm writing uh, next year's hardcover right now. And what is it? I'm not sure, but it takes place in Appalachia, Eastern Kentucky. And it starts when the heroine, the main female character, is about 12. She has a younger brother. They're staying with their grandmother on her little farm for a couple of weeks and terrible things happen and we move from there. But most of the book will take place in Eastern Kentucky in a little area I made up. I mean, it's, you know, it is Appalachia. So we have, and I've looked up a lot of interesting food because you want to, you know, when you have a meal, you want it to be authentic and their grandmother makes soap and candles. And that's also a lot of research, but we have a really, really terrible bad guy because you want that sense of dread again. And I'm about halfway through the first draft and just about to introduce the main male character, a mm. uh, love interest, because she had to go through. And yeah, obviously, she can't be 12 and have a lover. I draw the line. Different type of book. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, not as much in line with the research at Yankee Candle or wherever you were, yeah. <laughs> wherever you were yeah. getting your information. You started out saying that being a bartender, that you learned from that research that it's way more than mixing drinks. What is oh the un- what is the underside of uh, the things we don't know about bartending that you learned? Oh, and God, well, first, I think they could all be psychologists mm-hmm. because you have to read people. Plus, you're managing the back bar and the speed rack, and you have to know, all right, when to cut somebody off and how to do it without causing a big, you know, a terrible thing. You have, you're basically managing a business as a bartender, even though you don't own the business, but you're in charge of that area and that and you have to know how many bottles of this do we have? Any bottles of this? And you have to clean up and you have to prep for the next day. And what are the garnishes? Someone says they want some esoteric drink. You know, most bartenders should know how to make it and to make it right there and then. But you also have to be able to, you have to like people and you have to be able to talk to them and know when they don't want to talk and when they do need to talk and it's a lot. Other than the physical labor, it's a lot of mind stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have a favorite yeah. drink? Do you have a go-to drink? I like Veuve Clicquot. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I like a really good margarita. Awesome. That's about it for me. Yeah. I have a policy that I can never turn down a glass of champagne if it's offered, no matter where I am. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's one of the rules I live by. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Why not? Life is short. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? I think anyone who wants to write should sit their butt in the chair and start writing. You should write what you love to read. Because if you're looking, oh, I'm going to study the market and this genre or subgenre or whatever is hot right now. Well, if you don't love it, how are you going to write it? Well, and by the time you do that trend has passed. So you're behind the wheel. Write what you enjoy reading. Or why would anyone else enjoy it? If you didn't enjoy it, why would anyone else? Write every day, even if it's for 20 minutes. Sit down and write. Because it's a habit. And you have to develop the habit. Drive, discipline, desire. You have to have the three Ds or talent won't get you anywhere. You have to be driven to work. You have to have the desire to tell a story. If you don't, and you have to have the discipline to sit your butt in the chair and your fingers on the keyboard, or if you write in longhand, however the process works for you. But if you don't do it, if you just keep saying, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that, you're never going to do it. Yeah. This is like the anti-procrastination technique. <laughs> You give so many people say, well, I I have to wait for the muse. Well, you know, screw that. There is no muse. There is no muse. It's up to you to sit down and write the book. Tell the story. Understood. (laughs) All right. Well, Nora, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about identity. Congratulations. And congratulations on your, you know, your whole career. And I love it. It's just so awesome to hear it from yourself. It's just so cool. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Good luck on your bookstore. Really, really good luck. Thank you. I'll need it. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. No, but I think you can do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. 
thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 